A reading from the second letter of Kings. A man came from Baal Shalishalah, bringing to Elisha, the man of God, 20 barley barley loaves made from the first fruits and fresh grain in the ear. Elisha said, give it to the people to eat. But his servant objected, how can I set this before a hundred people? Elisha insisted, give it to the people to eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and there shall be some left over. And when they had eaten, there was some left over, as the Lord had said. Verbum Domini, Deo Gratia.
A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, I, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another through love, striving to persevere, to preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, one body and one spirit, as you were also called to the one hope of your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Verbum Domini Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because they saw signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him, because he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, 200 days wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what good are these for so many? Jesus said, have the people recline. 
Now there was a great deal of grass in that place, so the men reclined, about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to those who were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had their fill, he said to his disciples, gather the fragments left over so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them and filled 12 wicker baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that they had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, this is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. The Gospel of the Lord. Since we were very, very small, my sister and I have had a competition to see who could be the most annoying. And it will not surprise you to learn that I won Definitively, I won when my sister joined the army. My mother says she wears combat boots and I wear a dress and she's not sure what happened. But she was deployed to Bosnia and I asked her if there was anything she really missed while she was there. And she said, yes, the Sunday funnies. So I collected all the funnies for weeks and then I sent them to her in a big box, but I cut the last panel off of each funny. My sister also says that the reason that the church won't ordain women is because if they did, the men wouldn't do anything. And I think that was borne out this morning. To be sure, we have no excuse when it comes to our incompetence, but God doesn't choose his priests based on their competence, clearly. Even here in the Gospel of John, Jesus tests his apostles, and they fail. They're surprised that there's leftovers. They're not sure what to do, and yet they have Jesus with them there. When I graduated from college, I decided to become a monk shortly after graduate school and my best friend decided to become a movie star. And he went off to LA and he became a movie star while I was in the novitiate. He ended up marrying a Sports Illustrated model. He lived upstairs from Heather Graham. In the novitiate, we get one phone call a month. It's sort of like prison, except you want to be there. And I would call up Scott and, I, and I'd say, what are you up to? He'd say, oh, guess who was just named Teen Magazine's Hunk of the Month? And I'd say, oh, no, oh, don't take the kid out. Sorry, I love it when kids, in, we, I live in a monastery, so kids never interrupt my sermons. I think, I think every cry room in the country should be filled with concrete and left as a testimony to the children we've lost. Children are not an inconvenience, right? We are a fertile, life-affirming culture. If that kid starts crying again, pinch him. Let's keep it going. Sorry, anyway, so my roommate, this is what happens when you don't write down your sermons. 
Uh, right, so Scott became a movie star, uh, and I would call him on the phone, and, I, and he'd say things like, guess who's Teen Magazine's hunk of the month? And I'd say, well, I'm in the monastery, so I guess you. Thank you. It, one, one evening, I, one time I called him and he said, oh, guess, he said, I just had dinner with Emmy Lou Harris. To this day, I have no idea who Emmy Lou Harris is, but I really want to have dinner with her because Scott's life just felt so romantic, so exciting. I also promised him I'd never use his name, but it's early in the morning. Well, it is, it is when you didn't sleep last night. So I gotta tell you a, another little side story about Scott just to show that he's a good guy. He um, was not a religious person. So for his 15 year anniversary of marriage, he had his wife's name tattooed on his shoulder and he took her out for dinner that night and he said, happy anniversary. And he revealed the tattoo. And she looked at it and she said, is that Janelle with two N's or one? He had misspelled his wife's name on his tattoo. So the next year, she took him out to dinner and she had had her name legally changed so it was spelled with one N. Yeah, so they're good people. And not to give away the ending, but she, he, he ended up converting to Catholicism, he and his whole family, and quitting the business altogether. But that's not relevant yet. Anyway, so um, he ended up becoming a movie star. He was on JAG, and he had a couple of movies under his belt when I was allowed to take my solemn vows. And on my way off to go do my studies for the priesthood, I asked the abbot if I could visit a friend in New York on the way. And he perhaps foolishly gave me permission. And I spent three days in New York with my friend Scott. And for the record, I'm not a big fan of New York. It's dirty and, and crowded and it sort of smells like, I don't know, urine and cheese. I, it, and, but if you're, if you're living with a movie star, it's amazing. Uh, you, there are no lines and everybody's beautiful and for three days we traveled around New York seeing things and being treated like movie stars. Uh, and on the third night he threw a party for me with all of his movie star friends. On the top of, he had a loft on the top of a skyscraper in the meat packing district, which is apparently cool. And uh, everything was beautiful. Even New York was beautiful. From the top of a skyscraper, it was all light and jewels, and the, 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 the people were all beautiful, jewelry designers and, and, and models and actors and directors, and, and, and the food was beautiful, and the, the, the little drinks were beautiful. Every, and I was sitting there in the midst of all this beauty, looking out the window, having a, a complete vocation crisis unto myself uh, when this uh, designer from uh, Soho named Charlotte sat down next to me and she said, why'd you have to become a monk? Like, isn't it enough just to be a good person? 
And really, she couldn't have picked a worse moment to ask me. Um, but as sometimes happens, the Holy Spirit jumped in on my behalf, and I thought about what she was asking me, and I looked at her, and, and I took my beautiful drink, and I set it on the coffee table, and took my beautiful hors d'oeuvre and flicked it across the room, and I said to her, you know what? It's not. It's not enough just to be a good person, right? Because what's the alternative? Is to be a bad person. No one's called to be a bad person, right? I don't want to just be a good person. I want to be a saint. I want to give and give and give till it hurts. And then I went off to the bathroom and I cried. But my point was and is now that we cannot be satisfied with mediocrity, right? In spite of our continued failures, that Jesus is always there to turn our little loaves of bread into a feast. And we have the very flesh of Christ here at our disposal on this altar. And by the way, if that isn't the actual, literal, body, flesh, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, then there is no God. I said it. That wasn't in the sermon either. We are not called to be mediocre. We are called to be saints. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.